Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Today's guest is the founder of Digit Apparel, with the mission to provide top quality products to women everywhere while respecting the environment. Digit Apparel started because a couple of do-it-yourselfers were breaking their nails when working in the garden. Find a need, explore it, and offer a solution, the essence of entrepreneurship and teamwork. That's what Digit Apparel is all about. She's the president and founding partner of BG Wealth Group, and she works with the BG Wealth Group team to provide clients with business strategies, financial wealth opportunities, and the essential elements for personal and business growth. So in essence, this woman's a busy woman. In 2019, she was awarded the Top Female Professional Award by New York's International Association of Top Professionals and the Entrepreneur of the Year Award by the UK's Corporate Livewire. She joined Oprah Winfrey and other notable influencers as a contributing author of America's Leading Ladies. She lives each day with three words in mind, strength, balance, and harmony. Please welcome entrepreneur and do-it-yourselfer, Claudia Harvey. Hi, Claudia. Hi, Gary. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity of chatting. I'm really excited to talk to you about a variety of things today with entrepreneurship and the work that you're doing with your BG Wealth Group. And spoiler alert, I read a couple of your articles on your website, Behind Every Great Woman, There Are Great Women and then the article on 10 ways to stay positive. And I want to weave some of those thoughts because into what we're going to talk about today is in leadership, because as I think about leadership and what we really try to highlight is it's an inside out journey. And, and this kind of reflects that. So talk a little bit about your history, your path, how you started this idea of digging apparel, because I can just see you digging in the dirt, breaking your nails, talking to some of your friends and going, we need to do something about this. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of how it did actually start. I like to also preface the chat by saying I'm a proud mom of three. Ah. And, and that is actually the reason why I became an entrepreneur. The need in the marketplace for providing a quality utility glove for ladies that protected nails, absolutely. It's a niche product in a niche industry, and the garden industry was growing 17% a year. The spa industry was growing 17% a year, and the same woman was in between that. And so there was this niche product that had, wasn't in the marketplace they, all the gloves that were in the marketplace were men's gloves that had sized down to women's hands, but they flopped on your hands within 10 minutes. You're throwing them off and you're getting dirt on your nails no matter what. So we saw this need in the marketplace that we could capitalize on this opportunity. So we created four prototypes of gloves. The fifth one went to market, had focus groups with ladies, took about a year to actually go to market. Within that year, we created the name, the website, the pricing structure, the distribution model, and were able to launch correctly with a business plan, marketing plan, financial plan before we actually went to market. And then six weeks into going to market, we got called to be on Dragon's Den, which is the equivalent of your U.S. Shark Tank, 
went on stage and pitched to the dragons and Kevin O'Leary was one of those dragons. He's Canadian. He chose us and he partnered with us and he was with us for five years till 2015 until Diggett bought him out very amicably. But by that time he was in the United States and in Shark Tank and never coming back up to CBC, which was the, which was the show that he was on. So we weren't able to use his name to go back onto Dragon's Den as a right. successful company. But I preface all of that by saying I had three kids and they were the reasons that I became an entrepreneur. Yes, the opportunity of the product that we developed, but it was the lifestyle of being in strength, balance and harmony to be with my children and raise my children with presence and not constantly abandoning them to go into sales meeting or traveling because I was a salesperson prior to that. Well, and just to make sure we understand where I come from, because I think that this is important. It is the most important leadership position we have is it parenting. Is. It and is. Very few of us get trained. Yeah. yeah. yeah so we're <laughs> trying to figure true. it out. Baptism by fire. <laughs> baptism by fire. And yet it is still the most important leadership position. So I kudos for making that choice and that decision so you could be there for your kids. Thank you. Thank you. And they're now, they are now launching. My oldest is now 23 and my middle is 19 and my youngest is 17. So he's just leaving high school and the other two past university and university. So, so Knockwood, so far successful, doing all right. That's all we can hope for as parents. My children are a little bit older than that, but now I have four grandkids. So, oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. We'll work on those. So, Talk a little bit about that shift from, you know, being in sales and being in the corporate world, I'm assuming, and then you started this business and got into this. What are some of the things when you look back on that, that you kind of remind yourself that's still with you today, that you learned in that transition, that you you shifted? What happened? I think some of the things that are innate in me, just as a person, which is just initiative and What my mom used to say is just chutzpah. I just jumped in with both feet to try something new and see how it lands and then adapt and pivot and reposition as we go. Those were qualities I had in the corporate world. And I had sales, marketing, finance operations, all of it in the corporate world in different jobs. I took those job descriptions into Dig It!, And because I had the three kids, I was in the operations side of launching my business. And my business partner at the time was on the sales marketing side. And we worked hand to glove, haha, to make sure that. (laughs) No (laughs) pun intended. Exactly. (laughs) To make sure all the roles were fulfilled. But again, I chose the role of the operations side at the time, just again, to meet my lifestyle because I had kids and she did not. Over the course of Dig It, I think those qualities absolutely still prevailed because you have to reposition. You don't know what you don't know going into something. You can plan, you can prepare as much as possible, but there's certain things out of your control, like the market demands, like even how the fluctuating dollar, the Canadian dollar when we started was very strong, and now we are lagging behind the US and have been for a number of years. So how do you reposition and adapt your business to things that are out of your control and enable yourself to still move ahead, stay on, stay grounded on two feet, sometimes on your tippy toes, but, you know, just persevere and have the belief in yourself and the business that it's going to continue. And I have to admit some days that those, those were, those were hard decisions to, to come by because as I said, every entrepreneur has the highs and lows and it's just got to get past the lows and then surrounding yourself with amazing people that will support you and help drive your vision forward is paramount. Yes. So the essence of it quite often, whether it's an entrepreneur or taking a new leadership position, it's the ability to really feel that fear and uncertainty 
and go ahead and jump anyway. Yes. And just know you'll figure it out. Yes. We call that courage, Claudia. Yes, I guess courage, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Courage is not, not feeling fear. Courage is feeling the fear and still being able to do the right thing. Yeah, and I think trusting that you have the background or the people around you that even if you don't have the background, the people that you can count on will help guide you through the different permutations of what you have to figure out. And that's hugely important, very important. So how was it different being an individual contributor in sales and now you're starting this business and you're building teams, right? And again, this is, you don't know what you don't know. So what did you learn along the way? What mistakes did you make? And what were some of the big things that stuck with you with, with those things that allowed you to make that transition from sales to leader? Wow, that's a, that's a huge question. I'll start with, again, you don't know what you don't know. And being in a corporate world with a job, especially in sales, you generally have compensation. So you have your salary, plus you have compensation that's bonus or uh, commission. So I have to admit, I was making I was making nice money. I was making six figures by the time I was 30, and that was really nice. Mm-hmm. I gave all of that up. That was six-figure Canadian or American? No, never uh, Well, it was six <laughs> figures. It, I was working in the States, so I wasn't physically in the States, but I was working oh, in the States. Go. I was working for an American company, so it was uh, equivalent in the United States. So yeah. it was nice money. After It was lovely. I think back on it, it's like, oh, my gosh, that, way back then, I could be really rich now. <laughs> I just banked it. But when... And uh, when I chose to do my entrepreneurial career, I gave up all of that. I gave up my salary. I gave up my compensation. I gave up everything, again, to find the balance of, of trying to have a lifestyle with my family that would allow me to still have some something beyond just being a stay-at-home mom, which I do not discredit that. It's just not me. I live in, as my one of my friends called it, organized chaos. I love things coming at me in all kinds of different directions. It's just my personality. So... What's the thing that I really, really learned? I think entrepreneurs, and Kevin O'Leary said this way, way, way back when, when we were working with him, is pay yourself. As business people, as entrepreneurs starting out in a sole prop, sole proposition, or, or a corporation, we started out as an incorporated company right off the gate, but we didn't pay ourselves. And I had years of very, 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 very little compensation. Mm. And those were prime earning years of my life, my personal life. But, you know, I weigh that with I would have chosen it anyway to be at home with my kids. And I was building my chops as an entrepreneur and building a repertoire of other skills that five years later hit the ground running, started to make some money, which was really great. And then learning how to rinse and repeat the things that worked, did it again and again and again and tossed to the curb the things that don't work really, really have all kinds of analysis every single solitary quarter, half year to make sure that you're doing the things that are working properly and then doing have a year analysis. Money, so finances, marketing and business plan all go together, 100% go together. You cannot have a marketing plan without being able to finance it. You can't have a business plan without marketing and understanding where that money is going to come from and making sure that you have margin in your business so you can reposition as you need to and cash is king in a business. You can have equity in a business, but equity means nothing if you have no cash in the business. Yeah. Well, you can't pay your bills. You can't pay yourself, right? Exactly. And therefore you can't pay your bills. Well, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I've often said to people, when you look at a business plan, about 75 or 80% of a business plan is a marketing plan. You know, you got to know your products, your market, your geography and all that kind of stuff. And yep. the, the money is just a way to get there. So right. good point. So 
so what happened to Dig It? Are you still running it? Are you still yeah. part of it? Yeah. And I'm, it's still it's still growing. And I, I, I went on your website. So you've got other products that, that you're trying to offer yeah. women to uh, take care of their skin and take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So you've expanded. Dig It is doing, I can dig it. Dig It's doing great. It's doing really <laughs> well. <laughs> We've expanded our initial product offering with the gloves to have multiple gloves and different type of products in the glove line. But we've expanded it for products that, that help women to take care of themselves and their families. And we have a wonderful three-year plan of adding more products to it. We launched in 2018 a product called Dig It in the Sun, and it was a revolutionary product as well. We always go to niche products. So we try to find something that's different that the woman that has followed us for years will want to buy for herself and her family. So we launched Dig It in the Sun, and it is a dot, for lack of a better word. It is a sticker that you put on your, on your skin, it has biopolymer technology, so it acts like your skin. You put it on your skin. It's purple when you have UV sunlight attacking your skin without sunblock. You put sunblock over your body and, your, and yourself, and the dot will turn clear when the sun is blocked from hurting your skin. And as your sunblock leaves your body, the dot will start to turn purple. So your skin, in essence, it's a real-time signal to reapply sunblock sunscreen to protect your skin so you won't get burned now does the dot protect you from getting burned no the activity of putting sunblock on protects you from getting burned but it's real life so i'm sure many 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 people many people at the end of a beach day or a pool day go oh dear i'm really burned oh no and you're in the sunshine and you're enjoying your life and you're enjoying yourself and you're in the water. You have no idea sometimes that you're getting UV penetration onto your skin to burn. And this product is made by University of Waterloo engineers, nanotechnology engineers. And University of Waterloo is just down the street from Toronto. They're young, brilliant gentlemen. And they created this product and we labeled this product, Dig It in the Sun, but we have just bought the manufacturing of this product and we're relaunching it as Spot My UV in the marketplace and we're going to be in Walmart, CVS, all kinds of stores in the United States and Canada and launching it worldwide in 2022-23. So it's extremely exciting. A lot of growth. That's pretty cool that Spot My UV tells you what it is. And as I, as you're talking about it, I'm sitting there thinking from a leadership standpoint again is the purple dot, it represents key performance indicators. It does. You know, it's like a KPI, you know, in my purple does. dot. Is it, if it's purple, then I'm being told that I need to do something different, yep. put on some more raw sunscreen. If it's clear, I'm good. I'm going down the head the right path. And as it starts to turn, then I can use that KPI to help maintain the health of my skin. That's right. That's very yeah. good analysis. Very good. Yeah. So now you've got the BG Wealth Group. Yes which actually I didn't list all of the things that are in the BG Wealth Group. Talk a little bit about what you're doing with that and uh, how you're engaging teams to uh, make a difference in, uh, for other businesses. Yeah, happy to. So BG Wealth Group, so I'll go back to 2015. 2015, Dig It bought out Kevin O'Leary's position in Dig It. Again, amicably, totally fine. I resold that position to my business partner today, who's Craig Dunkerley. So he took Kevin's position and then he expanded his position and bought out my, at the time, existing business partner. So now Craig and I are the owners of Dig It Apparel. Craig also owned an accounting firm that was called Blackthorn Accounting. As we started working together in Dig It, again, synergies and like-mindedness, he asked me to help him rebrand his company 
then we expanded to another marketing company because I do, I've done a lot of speaking. A lot of people ask me to help them with their companies, but I'm, I'm pretty busy, as you say. So I don't have the ability to hands on help people, but I, we created a marketing company to help people. So I oversee the marketing company and, and Julia Alifano is our CEO in that marketing company. We have a team of people in that marketing company. So when people want to have assistance in their companies, small to large, we are able to help them the same way that I was able to grow Dig It. And then BG Wealth Group, Craig owned investments in real estate opportunities in Detroit, Cleveland, Florida. And his modus operandi is you you find areas that are depreciated, you buy low, you refurbish, and you offer positions for other people to buy into that real estate portfolio so they don't have to own the whole thing. They It's a rinse and repeat model. We now have a city in Toronto, just outside of Toronto, called Owen Sound. Same thing. It's a depreciated city, and we are buying up that area and with the opportunity of regrowing and refurbishing that city, adding many, many jobs, adding adding opportunities, changing the city infrastructure and working with the city council to help change that city. So we've got lots of different things and lots of different opportunities. And in addition to that, we're now venture capitalists ourselves. And we bought into a pizzeria that had two locations. We're now expanding it into six locations by the end of the summer, if not more. And it's a rinse and repeat model. Like I watched what Kevin O'Leary was doing when I was working with him. And I didn't have a lot of access to Kevin, but you know, you, you watch. And it's exactly what I did when I was in my career, my sales career. I watch. I watch people. I watch who's successful, who's not successful, and rinse, repeat, copy. And both Craig and I, we go a mile a minute, but we have amazing teams that we bring onto each channel of new opportunity. So we're not doing it. We're we're guiding it, and we're, we're the leaders of the team. Does not mean that we're not busy 100%, but we've, we're not in the weeds anymore. I really, my face hurts when I'm in the weeds now, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. How do you make sure that you don't get into the weeds? Because as an entrepreneur, sometimes is that difficult to not dive in? And I just did something on Bad Bosses today about being a hero. They think, oh, i got to jump in and I've got to take care of it, right? How do you yeah. not be the hero? How do you let your team do the work? Well, if you're the hero all the time, you're never going to have a great team because they're going to always think that you're going to take over and you know be their parent. I try to develop my teams like I was as a parent to give them the ownership and the solutions, have them come up with the solutions, talk about the solutions so then they can rinse and repeat and they can figure out what will work for them. I also choose employees and people that I work with that are like-minded, that have very similar personality traits, not the same as me, but that I enjoy, I like being around, that they're positive, that we all show vulnerability because in, especially in 2020, oh my goodness, we all were vulnerable in certain aspects. So it's showing different aspects, but encouraging other, uplifting each other, engaging each other, but I'm not providing the solution. I certainly sometimes have solutions and help them come to that, talk around it, talk over it, under it, but allow them to have the ability to make decisions and feel proud of their own decision-making abilities so they can they can feel confident making another decision. And then it's an upward spiral that when another situation similar comes around, they don't have to talk to me. They know that they can deal with it. 
I don't have to be in the weeds. And that's the very, as you said, that's extremely hard as an entrepreneur, letting go of the reins, bringing people on, because that was the hardest thing I had to do when I brought, you know, employee number one on is, and, and I was doing everything and take it, absolutely everything, everything from packing to finances, to operations, to portal management, everything is trying to start to let go. And now I'm like, oh, everybody else, go do, go do, go do. <laughs> Why are you coming to me with that? So you mentioned it's extremely important to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. you know, getting people that you like, getting to people that you want to be around. As I always say, it's people that you work with. You want that person to be somebody you enjoy having dinner yes, with. Absolutely, right? 100%. But what do you mean by vulnerability? Why do you think that that's so important for a team? I think, and I can come at it from an employee standpoint, when I was younger and had my bosses, if they came down on me from a, an autocratic standpoint and not showed me that they were people, I didn't like them. I didn't like the job. I was very, I felt very constricted in my job. The best bosses I had and the best people that I was around were people that were human. And I try and emulate the people that I loved the best working for, and I tried to be that same person. When I left Bay Street in the corporate world, which is the equivalent of your Wall Street, and worked for my very first entrepreneurial company as an employee, I had the wonderful opportunity of working with a woman that was 25 years my senior. She met me at the door and gave me a hug, and I was like, what's going on? But she was amazing. Even to this day, I sometimes think in a situation, what would Ellen do? That was her name. What would Ellen do in this situation? Because she was amazing. She was wonderful. She was so real and she was so analytical, but she was very human. So I try and be that as well with my team that if they have conflict or if they have Mm. issues or if they have questions and work absolutely there for them to be their sounding board but especially if they're going through personal things because i respect them as people i will 100 percent listen to their needs as well and try and adapt what we can to help them personally in 2020 is a prime example of that where everybody mm -hmm. had to start working at home and you know some of my employees are single parents and they school kids Oof. from home now so it's how do we adapt to that how do yeah. we support that and you can't come at it from a boxed mentality. You have to think outside the box. So yeah. I try to. You know, some days I probably, I'm pretty hard on myself at times. And I think I could have handled that better. But I always try and learn. I don't. I would love to know what my employees think of that <laughs> statement. I don't know. <laughs> Someday we might find out. So I want to shift gears a little bit as we talk about leadership inside out. You've talked a lot about wanting to have a lifestyle that fit your family situation or what you want to do as a mom and, and all that. You've written a couple of articles and the first article that, that caught my eye was this 10 ways to stay positive was basically the essence of the article. And, and I wrote the 10 ways, you know, find things, take time to do things that you enjoy. And then I just said, you know, keep moving, laugh, take breaks, connect with others, be patient, have gratitude, take opportunities, let go of control. You're not in control of everything and maintain a different perspective and understand the perspective of others. Those are the 10 of those 10, you know, you talk about strength, balance and harmony, the three words you live by. What of those 10 do you try to incorporate into your life every day? I can answer that. Number one, laughter. There we go. <laughs> laughter. Laughter is absolutely crucial. If I'm not laughing somehow, some way in the day, then that's a waste of the day. Or a waste of an hour. I love laughing. I like being around people that make me laugh. 
And even when we're in a hard situation, if we can find humor in the situation, then it stems, everything stems from that. Gratitude stems from that. Enjoyment, taking pause, laughter is such a key. And yeah. things that, that are on that list make me laugh. Like dance like no one's watching. I don't know if that's on the list anymore, but I love to dance and it makes me laugh. So I just, movement makes me laugh. It just. Well, it's funny because it's just the opposite for other people. When I dance, it makes other people laugh. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I often have people tell me, "Uh, thank you, Gary. You can stop now. You're hurting me. So let's talk about this other article, because I think that that's kind of the inside, the top 10 things, you know, 10 things to stay positive. And and it reminded me of Jimmy Volvano, the uh, famous North Carolina State basketball coach who won a national championship and had cancer. And it was a famous ASPE speech that he gave in the very first year. And he said, look, if you can laugh, cry and learn each day, that's a good day. That's a wonderful day. That's a great day. So let's all try to remember that. The other article is behind every great woman. There are great women. What inspired you to write that article? Gosh, when people ask me who inspired you or who inspires you, my mom inspired Mm. me. My mom has passed away 11 years ago. But when I was pitching on Dragon's Den, I'll give you some perspective. She was a person that came over after World War II. She was German. She had a thick German accent. She was a hairdresser. She opened up two hairdressing studios with my dad in a small town outside of Toronto. And she was so, so humble. And she laughed every day. And when she was 72, she and my dad divorced amicably and she had 30,000 lump sum. By the time she was 80, she had quietly parlayed that into day trading, which she didn't know how to do when she was 72 to (laughs) $450,000. And I'm like, wow, I wish she would have taught me how to do that, which she didn't. But she's a heck of a hairdresser right there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I come from a background of a woman that supported me that when I, when I said I was wanted to create Dig It, she went, hmm, tell me about that. Instead of, oh God, don't do that. Are don't you crazy? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> but my dad said that. My mom said, tell me about that. What does that look like? How is that? How is that? When we were, when we were practicing to go on Dragon's Den, because she had started to day training and do investments and she was starting to physically uh, get ill, she couldn't move a lot. So she just concentrated on finances and we practiced in front of her. So if you can imagine this tiny little 80 year old lady that was grilling us in my kitchen about like a dragon or a shark would with her thick German accent. And we were, it was quite hilarious, but she was spot on because we obviously got the deal with Kevin. I come from a surrounding of wonderful ladies. I'm also adopted. And my mom, who I just mentioned, adopted me when she was 40. And the woman that gave birth to me, I've now reconnected with. And she's amazing as well. So I'm so fortunate to have her in my life now as well. And she's a wonderful, wonderful lady. And I could not have raised my three kids without the girlfriends that I have. And when I started Dig It, my girlfriends were there to pick up my kids if I needed to. We're there for each other 100%. I have a small group of girls, ladies, that we support each other. And many of them have nothing to do with business, certainly not to do with my business. Some of them are professionals in their own right. We don't talk work. We talk life. We don't bellyache. We talk positive. We talk things that are great, hopes, aspirations, dreams, and how we're going to reach that, not belly aching about our husbands or how bad the day was. That's not us. 
So it's surrounding yourself with women. Then you go to your top 10 things on how to stay positive, right? That's right. right. Somebody tell a joke. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) My one girlfriend, I don't know if she'll ever listen to this because she doesn't listen to podcasts, but she makes me laugh laugh every day. And Sarah is just hilarious. Just hilarious. She makes me laugh every time I talk to her. And she takes me out of my head, myself in my head. And that's wonderful. So I certainly 100% have men in my life that support me that way too. Maybe I wrote that article because I had a wonderful interaction with one of my ladies at the time, and that's what inspired me. That's all right. Yeah. Because one of the things that, as I read the article that you talked about how men toot their own horn and women tend not to, and uh, I was reminded of Shelley Archambault's book, Unapologetic Ambition, that she came out with recently. And she says in there, it makes it a really strong point for women, is to just make it clear what you want. Ask for what you want. Right. You know, not just tooting your own horn about your accomplishments, but also ask what you want into the future. So I think that's great advice for anybody, but especially for women, because they they tend to be more humble. They tend to hold back, you know, for a lot of reasons. And and you combine that with being Canadian and we're really humble. We're really nice. We say, (laughs) we say, sorry, but I'm going to give this ask now. (laughs) That's right. So I have one last question for you that I always ask my guests. I don't know if you've prepared for this, but here it is. Okay. If you could write Claudia a letter and send it back to yourself 25 years ago or so, you know, so many years, either maybe when you started Dig It or before then, what advice would you give Claudia in that letter with the knowledge that you have today if you could write to yourself and send it back to yourself? I would say good for you, kiddo, for listening to your gut. Continue to listen to your gut. Continue to surround yourself with people that will uplift you, that you go into rooms where you are learning from people that have been there and done it before you and continue to rinse and repeat because you're doing a good job and it's going to be good and you're going to be fine and you're going to have challenges along the way, but pick and choose those people that you're starting to surround yourself with that will help you, guide you and inspire you to be the great leader that you hope to be one day. Awesome. That just, that was came off the cuff. Hey, that was good. I didn't prepare for that. (laughs) Well, what it tells me is you know what you stand for, what, what's important to you. You know, when you can come off the cuff like that, most of the, the guests that I have, they know exactly what they would tell themselves. You know, a lot of times it's like, don't worry so much. Yeah. You know, go for it. And yeah. if you're going to be an entrepreneur at some point, you're going to have to just take the leap. Yes. So, good for yes. you. So thank you so much for Claudia for being our guest today. I really appreciate your your time, your energy, your laughter. You did laugh a few times. We like that and (laughs) uh, appreciate your insights. Thanks so much for being our guest. Thank you, Gary. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's just so easy to talk to you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thanks so much. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thanks again for listening to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care. Be well and be great. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.